with a prayer. Lord, may your words touch our hearts. May we recognize that the words are, are your words, intended for us, in a way that you know each and every one of us, our homes, our families, and have something again. As you want to say, open our hearts, open our ears, so that your word would always make those changes in our lives that you desire. Amen. Good to be in God's family. It's good to be able to be together on a Sunday. You don't mind if I ask you to, to tell me a little bit about your Sunday morning and what it's like to get ready at your home. Who is the last one that gets to the car keeping everybody waiting? If you're home and you're watching, how are the connections on the laptop going as you're trying to find and punch in Peace Lutheran Church and to find Twitch? Do I hear any screaming going on? Any complaining? Do you have to be so loud in the kitchen making coffee? The service is starting. How about the frustration? My socks were here yesterday when I put them out. Why aren't they here this morning when I need them? Now, don't go looking over at your family because that's not going to help. You're already in a whole lot of trouble anyways. Now, in terms of rushing for church on Sunday, when I was young in the back seat of the Chevy, each and every Sunday morning, my mother beside my dad would say, Hans, hurry, hurry, we're going to be late. And my dad so patiently would shake his head and say, Sweetie, I'm going as fast as, as the limit. Dead silence, we didn't want to say anything. And then a few minutes later, hurry, hurry. And we get out in the church parking lot as everything was fine, and we meant to be five minutes late. That was okay. Take a deep breath. Relax. Don't let all these small distractions get in the way of what's most important. Simply say, Lord, you're here. I'm here. And we're spending this time together. And that's all that matters. Because worship is all about God. He is at the center. He is the center. And we honor him because of his divine attributes. Eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, present everywhere. And we recognize everything wonderful about God that makes him worthy of worship and praise and especially his eternal love. On a Sunday like Trinity Sunday, that Sunday helps us to focus our attention fully on God, the Trinity, because God stands out. The unity of the God the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Every service, 
Every time we worship, we begin in that name. So don't be disappointed to hear it said that worship's not about you and it's not about me. Even if we mean well and we can't wait to arrive and look at what hymns are singing this morning. That's one of my favorite. You know, I can't wait to start the service. God doesn't need us. He's complete in that trinity. His name's it's already perfect. He's at the highest place that there is. So there's nothing capable that we can do that elevates him any higher. It's not about our serving God. It's what God has done for us. And one thing's for certain, God has made himself known in his son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus, God unravels the mystery for us, reaching in our direction, or else we'd be clueless. So, which God are you talking about? God answers that question, who he is. It's Jesus who said this about himself. Truly, truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Now that's pretty remarkable for anyone to say. Jesus' meaning, if you pay attention to what I'm saying and accept it as the ultimate truth, you will be delivered out of death. The Jews in the temple that day, they heard him clearly and immediately challenged him, starting with, who do you think you are? Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and as of the prophets, and yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? We'd have to be all-powerful to demolish death. No hesitation, Jesus answered. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? <laughs> now a little bit of background. It was at least 2,000 years that Abraham had lived before. That's a long time. And Jesus said, Truly? Truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. They picked up stones to throw at him, to put him to death for blasphemy, for claiming to be God. But thankfully, Jesus made his way safely. I am. Now those words would have echoed through those Jewish ears. Hey, I recognize those words. Moses heard those exact words as God's voice spoke to him from the burning bush. Taken right from Genesis' account. 
Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And Jesus, using the name of the Most High God, identifying himself as God, because that is the truth. A truth we love to open up the letter to Hebrews in the first chapter, confirming that. It's all about Christ. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Here was God, arriving in a world that he created and loved, coming in a real way, real flesh and blood, just like we have flesh and blood, a heart beating inside our chest, lungs filling with air and exhaling, love personified, human, and yet fully God. Now we're Sunday morning, let's smile and take our fingers and point it at those Jews who dismissed Jesus' claim. That's easy. And wonder, well, Jesus was standing right there in front of them. How was it that they couldn't recognize him? But not too fast. We're in God's presence too, aren't we? Are we always so quick to recognize God? Or do we get a little distracted on Sundays and during worship? Even though God deserves our full attention, all of our thoughts, there has to be at least a hundred different thoughts running through our minds during this service. What about lunch? Are we going to maybe stop somewhere on the way home? Are we going to stay for coffee if they're serving any today? Um, should I have worn these shoes? Should I have put on another pair? And all of a sudden, we lose sight of God. And Jesus was honest with the, many of the Jews about their worship. They had all the right words, and outwardly, it looked ideal. But the question was, where was their heart? Because sometimes our worship is not very sincere. Now, I'd love to find out if you have a favorite hymn. And you could probably either look at the hymnal and know which number that is, or say, you know, I had CHVN on in the car, and there it was, and I just sang along. But isn't that strange that, you know what, when we think about it,
we didn't sound so thankful during the rest of the week. Not as much as we do on a Sunday. And maybe we weren't giving God a whole lot of adoration or praise. Instead, complaining. So there's God, he has a list. And at the top, there's a column. On one side, there's thanks and there's complaining. And every day as he listens to you and me, he starts filling in. Which list is going to be completed first? Our complaints. And even complaining about the gifts that God's given to us. We grumble about our wife, about our husband. Why are they always so late? We get irritated with our young children. Can't they put anything away or dishes back into the sink after supper? Next on our list, it's our job. You know how hard we work and how little we get paid? Finally, we're home. It's late at night. I can't believe the laborers are playing loud music in the garage, and it's 11 o'clock at night. And want to go over there and slam the garage door on their foot. <laughs> See, it's fine for us to be here in worship and having the right hymns to sing and the right words to hear. But don't forget what God demands. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He doesn't say be holy from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock Sunday morning. There's a deeper spiritual problem going on. It's a grave problem. We try to take the place that only is meant for God and Him alone. And we're not very good at being God. Because we know what happens. Everything turns into a mess. God gets replaced with unhealthy habits every kind of addiction, and that just seems to lead to more. And a cycle develops that doesn't appear to have an end. And that just takes us further away from God. But the God who's always cared about us saw that fracture relationship, a division that was only widening because it was unattended, that leads ultimately to eternal separation resulting in the severest consequence, the pain of hell. And God stepped into that gap out of a deep and lasting love. He presented his very own son as a sacrifice. And there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, clearly explaining God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them, made him who had no sin to be sin for us. God the Father and his Son working perfect in unity, bringing us back to him, where there is a closeness, the same unity that Jesus and his Father enjoyed is the same one that Jesus prayed for. So maybe you're struggling, and maybe you're doubting sometimes, you know, well, why would God want anything 
to do with me. And there's Satan nudging you. You know, let's go over your life and all those reasons why you shouldn't be worshiping God because he doesn't even care about you. There's Christ. And through Christ, it is God who embraces you and says, I will never, ever let go of you. Because the Father in heaven sees what his son went through on the cross, where his own son accepted the consequences of our imperfect worship, the errors and mistakes in our imperfect life. And it was Jesus who accepted the full punishment, the insults, the false accusations, the arrest, the torture, the whipping, all the way to death on the cross with the nails and the thorns, body sealed in a cold grave. But he'd rise up again, returning to life, being our death conqueror. True to his word, those who keep his word will never see death. So we're going to walk through death. And Jesus will safely be leading the way through the darkness, right into the throne room in heaven. And there we're going to be with God face to face. And we're going to see the Lord with all of his glory and splendor and majesty. And we are going to be overwhelmed. And just listen to the sound, the expressions of praise. It's going to be perfect, magnificent. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and who shall be. Now, just imagine being in the same choir or the worship band with angels. Actual angels, wings and all. That's exciting. And yes, if you've ever wondered, you'll be able to worship again with those in your family that are already in heaven. Your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter. You remember when they were sitting with you in the pew and you missed them. But worship will be complete and we'll be worshiping all together again. And I can think of my mom and dad already arriving in heaven or my mom doesn't have to say to my dad, hurry up, Hans, we're going to be late. They're there. Amen.